Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Something Super Spiritual. I am your host, Jeffrey Peck, and I'm so happy that you're here with us again today. This is a little bonus episode that I wanted to put out for you guys. It's it's my friend, colleague, our local go-to astrologer here at Something Super Spiritual, Dina DeCastro. She joined me on my live stream on YouTube last month, and we talked a lot about the energies taking place this year in 2024. And I wanted to put this out for the the audio platforms out there. Uh, I got a lot of great feedback on the YouTube and the information that we were able to put out there with regard to the transits that are happening this year, the the energetic planetary setups that are supportive in our moving forward in our plans. You know, there you think I think by now most people listening have heard of the Mercury retrogrades or any retrogrades, you know, whichever planet it might be. That in the retrogrades, you know, things kind of feel a little bit more challenging. They feel a little bit more um uh, not as free flowing, you know, in the retrograde, we are really meant to just kind of sit back and re-examine and review how we're going about things, how our our plans, our goals, and, and, and look at everything and kind of see, okay, what's working, what's not working, what can be tweaked a little bit. And it's in those periods of retrograde where we just kind of sit back and relax and look at everything and and kind of shift. We talk about the entire year. This year's a big year because just right as you know, just a couple of weeks ago, Pluto went into Aquarius, which it will be in for the next 20 years. And the symbolism and archetypes of Aquarius are really a lot about the collective as a whole and technology and spirituality. And, and it's really interesting to recognize what is happening out there in the world today. You know, we look at AI, very much Aquarian. And AI is really booming out there. And, and you know, the the uh, the big dogs in, at Facebook and Google and, and uh, Elon Musk, you know, they're all, you know, getting together and trying to find a way to, you know, pull back on it. And we need to rethink this and, and replan this. And, you know, we don't want it to get away from us. Uh, so, so that in itself is very Aquarian energy and Pluto, Pluto going in, you know, Pluto is the, it's the chaos. It's the, the Hades, the underworld. It is uh, shaking things up. It's the tower card in tarot, basically, you know, shakes things up and, and, you know, all of the, the gunk, everything that has not been working for us, it's all brought into the light and we have to address all of that and figure out, okay, well, this isn't working any longer for us and it's time for us to make some changes. So this is collective. This is global. This is humanity. And, and we all feel the shifts and the, and the changes. So, so we have a, a really great discussion about the, transits that are taking place this year and for for you know at the beginning of the year we always start out the year with uh well um new plans you know resolutions new intentions new um you know we 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 want to make these changes you know if if nothing changes nothing changes right so so we want to we we plan these changes and and this information that Dina and I talk about in this live stream 
it's very helpful in in organizing your year with regard to your intentions and what you're setting out to do and your goals and your accomplishments and and really working with the you know the spiritual world the spiritual energies the cosmic energies and and using you know all of that to your benefit um and recognizing when times might be you know a little bit time to pull back so anyway great discussion Thank you so much, you guys, for being here. This little bonus episode with Dina DeCastro. I have quite a few episodes that I'm actually working on and editing to get out to you guys. It's really great, really great conversations coming up. So thank you so much for being here, you guys. I love you all the smithereens, and we'll be talking again very soon. Hey there. Thank you so much for listening to Something Super Spiritual. My name is Jeffrey Peck, and I am a psychic medium. If you are seeking conversation with loved ones on the other side, or discussion about spirituality, life after life, and anything in between, join me as we discuss all things spirit. We are collectively experiencing a spiritual awakening right now and recognizing that we are much, much more than we once believed. We don't die, and life doesn't end. We are eternal spiritual beings living in this crazy 3D virtual world of existence. Let's talk about it. I think Instagram is off. Sorry about this, everybody. But guess what? Now I don't have an echo. Okay, so take two. All right. (laughs) Rewind. (laughs) Happy New Year. This is our um, local go-to astrologer, Dina DeCastro. She's been on my show a a couple of times. Yeah, this is number three. Yeah, talking about um, all things astrology. We've got a lot of great stuff coming up this year that she wants to talk about with regard to, you know, we all go into the new year with these plans and goals and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I want to do this. And, and each year the trends that's come on with either supportive energy or maybe, maybe not quite as supportive as it could be. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Dean is going to talk to us a lot about that. Hi, everybody. Let's say a quick hello. Um, Seascape, Vicky. Hi there, Alan. Oh, Diana. Hi, Alan. Hi, hi, Danny. Yeah, Sue B. Hi, Sue. There's Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Susan. All right. So, Dina, hey, welcome back. Let's talk a little bit about the astrology coming up this year. Let's do it. Um, so I'd like to talk about the collective astrology for the year, which means that we're looking at the planets as they're moving into new signs, as the planets are making connections with each other. We're going to be talking about the Mercury retrogrades that are coming up this year, because there's always at least three retrogrades in a year. Um, And I'll give you an overview of that. And then we're also going to talk about something that your audience is going to be able to access after this, um, this show and be able to go back and review a lot of this material and then hopefully, hopefully apply it to their own lives. Awesome. So I'm going to talk about how to do that too, that, um, there's a lot of confusion with astrology about, 
you know, what's, what's a personal reading versus what's a horoscope versus what's that stuff that you read about what's going on in the sky right now, yeah. which are the collective transits. And that's what I'm going to speak to mostly today. And I'll just break it down into two big categories. One kind of astrology is collective and that we're looking at what's happening for everybody right? What are the, it's kind of like the cosmic weather for all of us, what's happening in the sky as it affects us now and throughout the year, however long you want to look into the future. But there's also individual astrology, which is taking all of that information and then putting it into your natal chart, your specific chart, and then creating a forecast of the year based on that information. So really two different things. We can't do, you know, individual readings really in this kind of a format. So I'm going to give people as much information as I can with the collective influences. And this is a lot of too what I do um, from my blog and my podcast is we talk about these collective influences as they affect us. So let's start with something coming up real, real quick here, uh, Pluto entering Aquarius. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so Dina, I, po I posted your link in the mm -hmm. comments, um, for your, your workbook. Great. And the, um, the second thing, let, why don't you take a moment mm -hmm. and just tell people what those links are for? Yeah, that's great. So let's start with that, that there's two things that uh, I want people to know about, you know, for sure that can help you and empower you to learn more about how to apply astrology to your life. And one is a very special uh, ebook that I created just for your audience, Jeff, that you can get by going to that link. It's uh, Dina DeCastro, and then it says slash something super spiritual. It's that link. That goes to a place where you can sign up and download, uh, download your ebook. And so the ebook will tell you how to use the events that I'm about to talk about to plan your year, plan your season ahead, uh, how to, you know, plot in the Mercury retrogrades, for example, into your calendar. And then what do you do with that information? You know, yeah. then you have to go to, um, to an astrology site or, you know, something like my podcast or my blogs or any other, um, you know, resource like that to, to get the information about what it means when it's happening. Uh, but it's really important to do that calendar piece, you know, and that's what I walk people through in that, in that booklet, because you can, we can lose track of things so fast. Like even, you know, Jeff, getting a year ahead reading from me, you'll have to often probably go back and listen, you know, throughout the year or like, Oh, what did Dina say again about that thing? You know, six months yeah, later, it's really hard sure. to retain all that. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this, this ebook, uh, gives you the, the structure of how to put these dates in your calendar so that when you arrive at them, you'll say, Oh yeah. Okay. Mercury's retrograde in Aries it's April. And this is what I need to know about it. Right. Or I need to go find online the, the information about that. And what's great about the ebook is you don't need to know any astrology in order to work with it. And then the other uh, link is for my astrology beginners workbook, which you can buy at my site or through Amazon. And it's for beginner students of astrology or people who want to know how to learn to read their own birth chart. 
at the very least, and to be able to then, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And then it also tells you how to read the charts of, of others, Um, but it's, it's for beginners. So those are the two things. Um, so yeah, let's talk about what's happening. Yeah. And this year. Yeah. So we've got Pluto entering Aquarius, first of all, on January 20th, Pluto actually re-enters Aquarius because it dipped into Aquarius last year uh, between March and June. So it was there for just a few months of last year. So we got a sneak preview. But this year, Pluto is going to be in in Aquarius from January 20th through to September 1st, where it will dip back into Capricorn for a final time from September 1st through November 19th, and then fully enter Aquarius uh, November 19th of this year where it will then be for 20 years. That's how slow that Pluto moves. Okay. It's been in Capricorn for 14 years going on actually longer now. It's 15, 16 years, uh, kind of back and forth at the end here. So Pluto and Aquarius is helping us to see where are our fears uh, related to change and how can we transmute that so that we can have breakthroughs and so that we can revolutionize our lives in, in the places where we need to make proactive change. You know, I think one of the biggest human fears is change. We want things to stay safe and cozy and not have to stretch ourselves in new directions. And I'll tell you a lot of the big themes this year, when I weave them together are to do with opening up to new ideas, opening up to new information stretching our minds in new directions. And Pluto in Aquarius is stirring that pot for sure, because Aquarius is a very intellectual sign. It's a very mentally oriented sign as an air sign. So it's bringing up the need to really look at things with fresh eyes. As we're going to see, there's another transit this year that echoes this too. But Pluto on its own is, is showing us what are we afraid of and what's in the way of accepting new ways of looking at things and new solutions to old problems. And it's also inviting us to be part of the solution, to step in and innovate and experiment with things and to, um, to shake it up, you know, both in our own lives and then in the wider world. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I'm saying to people, you know, if you know a little bit of astrology, if you can find where, zero degrees of Aquarius is in your own chart, the house that it's in, that tells you what area of your life um, is need needing a revolution. Where do you need to have your personal revolution, right? Or your private revolution. Um, and how do you do that? Sometimes you have to just throw out the old and start yeah. fresh. You know, sometimes you have to completely renovate or redo something. Um, and it can be kind of bracing and scary for sure. You know, and that's Pluto stuff. Pluto shows us where the fear is, but we don't want to let the fear stop us from moving. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I'd be curious, you know, to hear any questions about that particular one and we'll watch for them in the chat too. Um, because I think it's it's one of the most potent energies going on. And again, it really started in 2023, but it's fully on this year and then, 
you know, here we go into this big chapter. Yeah. You know, I love that you brought up uh, the, the fear factor mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I, I opened up in 2006 and then, you know, and then I just couldn't get enough of all things spirit and astrology being part of that, obviously. Yeah. And I remember like having my, my chart read to me in Hawaii in like 2009, maybe. And I was told about all these, these Plutonian aspects and transits that were coming up in my next few years, you know, whether it be in the the, the early teens, mid teens, mm-hmm. early, you know, and whatnot. And the way that they, uh, the way that I was experiencing them, it was, well, I was going to say turmoil, but it, it was very active shifts, you know, mm-hmm. that were, that were scary and really unsure and uncertainty. And so I really did take that to heart, you know, a Plutonian yeah. transit, eek, you know, that's, they're scary. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm, ha- I'm having quite a few of them now, you know, in the, right. in the 22, 23, 24 portion of my chart and just having shifted that perspective takes the takes the burn out of all of that and it's really really helpful to recognize that that pluto just lights up aspects of our darkness to give us a clearer perspective yeah and and especially with regard to the aquarian um symbolic or metaphor or whatever you were talking about i just i think it's awesome i think it's mm-hmm. so so helpful mine is in the 11th house you were talking about where my where's that zero aquarius point yep. yeah yeah yeah, or yeah. so i mean how, just to show people how that can be really helpful to have that specific placement um it's it, in the 11th house for you, where things are wanting to be revolutionized is the area of groups and communities and uh, kind of the people you associate with, the crowd that you surround yourself with. Not in a negative way, but it, it, I even see how this, this uh, what you're doing right here is part of that. It came in last year, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yep. you're joining with a whole new community and coincidentally or not, um, Aquarius has to do with technology as well. You know, technology is oh, under the auspices of Aquarius. So it's showing yeah. you the possibilities of technology and how it can connect you in a positive way. But did you have to get over some fear in order oh, to do this? Mackerel, did I ever? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I would imagine. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you took a big leap because I know you, you know, you mm-hmm. took a leap in doing this and it's turned out really well. And I think that also shows that when we confront our Pluto fears, it can have a big payoff. It We can kind of get the gold, you know, but first we have to slay the dragon and, and venture into the cave to get to the treasure, right? That's yeah. how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And, you know, you get to a point where you just, you just, you're like, okay, close your eyes, count to 10 and go, you know, yeah. and yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm still here, still alive. Yeah, yeah there's that book, uh, five, four, three, two, one. You know, just five, four, three, two, one in. Yes. <laughs> like, just do it. Okay, just go. here yeah. I go. Yeah, yeah. So that's a huge, uh, long, ongoing energy that's happening this year. But and then some planets are not changing signs. We have Saturn and Neptune are still continuing through. Pisces. Um, Saturn will remain in Pisces through February of 2026. And Neptune will be in Pisces through March of 2025. So they've still got 
like Neptune another year, Saturn another almost two years uh, or so. So what that means, you know, with those two planets being in both in Pisces together is still that Pisces energy is magnified and has been, especially for this past year uh, since Saturn entered Pisces to ride along with Neptune. So what's Pisces about? Pisces is about feeling our feelings, uh, being empathic, being sensitive. And I think wherever Saturn is, is where the work is that we don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. What kind of where the hard work is, right? So I think collectively we're working on how to be with our tender feelings and um, trusting our intuitions more and trusting our sensitivity more. But it's not easy. You know, it's not easy uh, being sensitive and empathic in this world. So I'm sure a lot of the people in your audience would identify with that. Um, and I'm, I know you and I do. And mm -hmm. it's it's really now about taking all of those, uh, all of the wisdom that we've gained from our sensitivity and from our empathic qualities and now doing something with them in the world. Now taking that to the next step and using it in our careers, in our personal lives, um, and owning it, just owning it and saying, Hey, I, you know, I am sensitive and I own it. And it's a beautiful quality about me. It's not something to be, uh, to be shunned and put in the closet, you know? And so I know for myself, I did not like that part of me for a long time. That was, you know, quote, too sensitive, which I was always told as a kid, right? I'm sure other people can relate to that. And um, it, it's really been only in these past few years that I've seen, especially since Neptune moved into Pisces, that I've seen the the beauty of those qualities and just being more okay with it for myself. Yeah. You know, really trusting it. So if Saturn being in Pisces for 2024 mm -hmm. and yeah. Neptune being in Pis Pisces for 2024, so Saturn being uh, like the disciplinarian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Neptune. What does Neptune mean again? What yeah. Great. Great question. To, yeah, Pisces. Mm -hmm. So Neptune is how we connect with spirit, how we connect Ooh. with the divine. And it's saying, I mean, it's in its own sign. Neptune rules Pisces. So it's saying the path to spirit is the path of spirit. It's almost redundant, right? Yeah. It is about opening up. It's about being vulnerable and compassionate and to feel, uh, everything. And that is the path to connecting with spirit, right? So it's it's a high heightened Pisces time for sure. And you can definitely um, kind of read up on Pisces in general, you know, out there in the audience to understand why you might even be feeling more sensitive yourself over this past year or so. And that's going to continue as a theme this year. Yeah. How does one, how does one be proactive about this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think to their own experiences and mm -hmm. life. Right. So I think with, with particularly with the Pisces piece, you know, it's about looking at how does this play out in your daily life? Where, do, where might you struggle with um, feeling vulnerable or or where do you push against or resist, I guess is, is a better word. Where do you resist feelings and instead try to numb out? That's the shadow side of Pisces is numbing out because sometimes it's too hard to feel 
all the things that we feel for sure for sure pisces i think i think for me i've recognized that pisces is one of the signs that has a propensity towards addiction yes but specifically like for that reason like to really like like calm everything down on the insides and the that sensitivity that supercharges us to life you know right i think we all know some people like that that have you know yeah struggled in that way um it's a common theme yeah i mean i could tell you about a hundred people's famous people's charts you know that featured uh, a lot of pisces or uh big Neptune in the chart where it was correlated to alcoholism or addiction. And that's not to say that, you know, if you're a Pisces, you're going to be an alcoholic or an addict. That's, we don't want to go into, into that kind of thinking. No, but what I would say is, you know, look at the, the reasoning underneath that truth, which is when we feel a lot and we're open and we're sensitive, it can be challenging to be in this world, which is pretty rough. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's then, of course, we want to numb out, of course. And we have different ways of doing that. Some are more destructive than others, right? Netflix. <laughs> yeah, Netflix is a relatively harmless way, I guess, uh, yeah. <laughs> compared to some of the other things you could do. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm totally, I have my ways of numbing out too, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I think we all, it, it, no matter whether you have Pisces in your chart or not, that that's what I mean by collective energies is that the fact that both Saturn and Neptune are in Pisces right now, it's showing us all of the Piscean stuff, you know, uh, writ large. And mm-hmm. part of that is let's look at how we escape. Let's look at how we avoid feeling. How do we be proactive about not doing that? We have to get tools and learn how to deal with feelings as they come up and maybe finding some, uh, some coping skills and some tools to deal with big emotions when they come, you know, that's just one simple thing we could all be doing. Um, I know for me, uh, I being very tired is a signal for me, like getting like that. It's not just physical tired. It's like, Oh my God, I just can't even do anything right like a pure exhaustion pure exhaustion just that will come out of nowhere which tells me i'm like up to here with too much feelings and like uh, taking on other people's stuff or whatever i've been doing yeah and so then i need to um, do a very pisces thing which is to withdraw to give myself some tlc and some alone time for me that's what fills me back up that not for everybody though. You have to look for the thing for you, everybody that that fills your well and regenerates you again. And um, look for the signals also that are telling you when you're overwhelmed, when you when you're feeling too much, and you need to get regrounded or rejuvenated. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, just that awareness. You know, having that right. awareness is is. Is, is everything, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. I get it now, you know? Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's why even these collective energies are so helpful to know about because yeah. even there, you know, there are simple things you can do to be working with those energies rather than fighting against them. Right. And that's the whole point of, of having astrological knowledge, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, We've got uh, Uranus also staying in the same sign this year. Uranus is in Taurus, where it's been for um, several years. It's been there since about 2015, I'm going to guess, somewhere 16. 
Um, and so this is more to do with, you know, our connection to our body and our connection to our, uh, our resources. So money and, and our physicality. So they seem like two different unrelated things and they, they are in a way, but that's Taurus stuff. It's the physical world. It's matter. Um, and Uranus being there is saying, okay, we're continuing to, to work on breaking through, uh, you know, what, what are the old crusty ways that we've been dealing with our money and our body <laughs> that need to be, need to be renovated and changed, right. That need to be, to be experimented with and reinvented. So we've been in that process for several years and that just continues this year. So it's not a lot of big headlines with Uranus and Taurus, except, you know, I, I feel like the, the big one for me has been this ongoing uh, trying to figure out what does my body really need in terms of exercise? What kind of exercise does it need? Right. For this is just an example. And I've experimented with lots of different things. And I've, I think I'm finally getting there to what works for me. But I think everybody needs to take a look at that during this time. Don't one big message. Don't follow what the culture is saying you should do. Don't follow what somebody, um, God forbid, on Instagram is telling you to do um, it, it with Uranus's influence here in Taurus. It's about coming back to you as an individual and your unique self, your unique physicality and your health and saying, what does this body need? What does this system need? Yeah. Forget what everybody else says, right? And it could be something really weird or different, but you know, it's about yeah. embracing that. You know what? That uh, actually that makes a lot of sense. Um, I've been a runner for a long time, mm -hmm. and um, I, I've noticed like this year, I'm I'm I, I'm haven't been running. Obviously, I had that surgery at the end of the year. Yeah, and and um and I wanted to get back to running, but I've been really like having this inner dialogue and vibe that like, I think I'm being drawn into the yoga world again. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been there for, you know, 15 plus years. And, yeah. and it's, and I keep like, I keep getting pinged with it. I keep getting pinged with it. And that's so different. That is so different than yeah. my typical, you know, um, run eight, nine or 10 miles a day. Yes. Um, and energetically, um, uh, vibrationally, you know, it's just totally different. And that's, yeah, that makes sense. Why I'm wondering that feeling that totally. And that's a great example. And I, you mm -hmm. know, I, I think, um, you know, those of you who are, are watching out there and listening, just think about that for yourself. What, what little nudges have you been getting, you know, about changing your usual ways of staying in shape and staying healthy and all of that, um, and you may go through different phases with trying different things and that's okay. Like you don't have to settle on something or commit to something too. I think one of the big words with Uranus is always experimentation. It's time to just experiment and play with it and not, you know, not worry too much about, am I going to be doing this for the next 10 years? Let's just see what works. Mm -hmm. So, and the money part, I'm sure people want to hear about that because I threw the money word out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that the big thing to remember with Uranus and Taurus as it continues through until it's going to be through July, 2025, actually, before Uranus moves out of Taurus, um, is time, say, apply that same principle to money in your life. See, what, you know, what could you experiment or play with doing differently in terms of how you bring in an income? 
Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. So Uranus too is, I you'll correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but I thought Uranus was also the planet of swift and sudden changes. It as is. Well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I love that, you know, getting that ping of how you're going to change things up to draw money in. Yep. Yeah. Let's experiment with it. Let's play with ideas. Let's brainstorm. Let's get crazy, you know, a little bit, like get, think outside of the box. Yeah. You might and if you're a lot of yourself, you might, you, know? you might. And I mean, if you're hearing some uh, connection between this and the Pluto piece, we talked about at the beginning, there is because Uranus rules Aquarius. So Uranus is the, is the planet that rules the sign of Aquarius. So right. these themes about change and experimentation and revolution, you know, they're alive with both of those archetypes with Uranus and Aquarius. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, okay. We will go to uh, Jupiter and Jupiter is currently in Taurus. It's been there since May of last year of 2023 and it will be in Taurus through to May 26th of this year. And then it will move into Gemini. So I want to talk about both because we've really got a half and half situation this year with Jupiter and Taurus, the first half of the year, and then in Gemini second half. So we just talked about Taurus quite a bit with Uranus and Taurus. And in fact, Jupiter and Uranus are going to come together in what we call a conjunction in April, April 20th. So there's this um, emboldening of this idea of breaking out of the old ways of doing things, specifically in regard to Taurus matters, money and our connection to our bodies, right? Jupiter magnifies what it touches. So it's just making this theme even bigger and bolder. And Jupiter brings in good luck and opportunity wherever it is uh, moving through the signs and, and your chart. So Jupiter having been in Taurus for several months and still to be in Taurus for the next uh, four months or so is saying, okay, this is a, a money opportunity time on the one hand, you know, it's, it's, it's a time where we can grow our wealth. But I always say with Jupiter, you have to take the risk and reach out your hand in order to get the goodies. Like, yeah, sometimes Jupiter will drop things in your lap. You know, it's it's a good luck planet. It's a Santa Claus kind of planet, you know, is how I think of, of Jupiter. But it doesn't mean that that the best use of it is to just sit back and wait for it to happen. It actually is really um, maximized when you can take that leap of faith and do something that uh, that requires you to put some skin in the game, you know, in your life. And so that's, you know, what I've been talking about um, on my blog and on the podcast, you know, with this Jupiter and Taurus is we have to reach out and, and claim what we want. Um, Jupiter and Taurus is also about getting real practical with it, like writing down the numbers. You know, I myself, you know, have done a business plan this year and like for the first time in a long time, um, <laughs> I'm like, okay, what do I want? right? In the mm -hmm. real brass tax practical way. Mm -hmm. So I encourage people to think in those terms, especially between now and the end of May. Like if you want something in your, in your money life and your business or whatever it be, you know, that, that brings in money for you, 
write it down, like get real about it and, and make a plan to get there. And I'm, you know, I'm talking what I am walking right now. Cause that's, that's been up for me too. Awesome. Um, yeah. And, uh, with, with that Jupiter Uranus conjunction coming, I think there is an explosive time of good luck and opportunity, particularly in April, uh, April and May around this specific area of financial, um, financial benefit. So target your, your, your launches, your creative projects, um, to, to be in that area, you know, going towards like the end of April and then into, into May, that would be a really powerful time to do it. I say not the beginning of April, because I know there's a Mercury retrograde there and we're going to talk about that shortly here, but yeah. So, so if somebody was like, I'm going to start a podcast this year, you're saying start it in like the, the, the end of April, beginning of May, that cold. That could be a good period. Yeah. 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 Um, because if you want that energy of like the burst of good luck, opportunity, newness, inventiveness. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say shoot for that. Then we have Jupiter going into Gemini, which also might be a good time to start a podcast because (laughs) even that whole year that Jupiter is in Gemini, Yeah, because Gemini is about communication. It's about talking. And we say Jupiter brings good luck and opportunity to that area. Mm-hmm. Um, so starting a podcast would be a, a you know very specific recommendation yeah. because if everybody start a podcast. <laughs> um, why not? You know, most people have one at this point. Uh, but also, you know, Gemini is about communication. It's about listening as much as speaking. And I think Jupiter being in Gemini is going to encourage us to develop better communication skills and expand our minds, learn new things. It's going to support doing that. So if there's something new you've been wanting to learn, that's the time frame in which to do it. Second half of this year through first half of next year, like taking a class or going back to school, or is there something you need to learn for the work that you do? Um, it's a great time in which to do it because the mind wants to be very stimulated during that time. And the listening part though, I think we're going to need to develop some better listening skills in this country, uh, in this culture, just in general, and I won't get political, but I, I just think that Jupiter being in Gemini during that time, the high side of it and the, the opportunity of it, will be for each of us to consider what might it be to listen instead of talk right now (laughs) in any conversation, you know, what would that look like if I can more deeply listen to the person in front of me and what is good listening, um, look like and how could that help us? I think that's a big question on the table, uh, for the second half of this year and first half of next year. Yeah. So that's uh, that's always a great suggestion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we forget about it. I think there's, a, well, just with social media and everything, it's a lot of one-way conversations happening, you yeah. know, or a lot of monologues. And I do think there are discussions, there are great discussions also happening. So let's each choose to be part of actual discussions, you know, where there are, there's a equal exchange of ideas and where we're really listening to 
and empathizing with going back to the Pisces piece, um, what the other person is trying to say. Um, and then finally, you know, the big, uh, Mercury retrogrades this year, they're all in fire signs. One of them includes, uh, a, a little bit of Virgo, <laughs> a little bit mm -hmm. of earth, but we have three Mercury retrogrades and we generally do every year. Uh, each of them lasts about three weeks. And so the fire signs, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, um, all of you guys, and you're one of them, right? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> one of that tribe, you're going to have some Mercury retrograde action this year, which means especially during your birthday season, slow down. You know, if I could give you some guidance right now, set aside some downtime for yourself, maybe consider a, a, more relaxed birthday or a, you know, it doesn't mean you can't travel or have fun during your birthday season, but that you want to be thinking in terms of the fact that it is birth Mercury retrograde during that time. So make your plans mindfully and know that, you know, things can change and, um, be prepared for that too. And that's the general, theme of any Mercury retrograde period is we need to slow down and rethink things. We may need to take more time for relaxation and being uh, inside of ourselves. And it can be a really pleasurable time if we're not trying to push against the grain, if we're not trying to go full throttle forward into life. You know, it's, it's those, uh, it, it's like a, a, um, innate pause period that we get about every three and a half months where we're being shown by the natural yeah. cycle that yeah. it's time to just chill for a little bit here. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, I heard somebody say once a long, long time ago, you know, retrograde starts with RE. So it, it's everything with RE, re, mm -hmm. re, relax, yeah. review, re, you know, um, I can't think of anything more than that right now, but yeah, yeah. To really just like, um, take a beat. You know, yeah. I love, I have not really struggled with retrogrades. Mm -hmm. No, um, I don't either anymore mm -hmm. because I know about them and I'm actually paying attention yeah. and I'm like, I'm just going to schedule like a lot of time with my, my cats and you know, yeah. good book and enjoying a slower pace. And I like, found too, yeah. that I love, I love to do readings during the retrograde. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, and I did, I kind of noticed this trend, but I didn't quite, wasn't able to, to pinpoint it until you brought it up to me when I did a reading for you a few <laughs> years ago and it happened to be retrograde. And then you yeah. were explaining to me what was happening. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yes. <sighs> that really is a thing that I've heard before from other astrologers way back when too, that doing readings during a Mercury retrograde is actually, um, almost easier because you can, you can get away from the, the really over intellectualizing part of yourself more, more easily, and then be able to access your, your unconscious and the collective conscious yeah. more easily. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, you know, I think that the big theme with fire this year though, is, or the interesting contrast, let's put it that way, is that fire signs, what do you guys usually want to do? Go, go, oh, go, no, kind go. of. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> during fire, fire season as well, you know, Aries season, Leo season, and Sag season, those are times where uh, the collective is pretty revved up as well. Right. So it, it will be good to be extra aware 
during those periods that it's it's a slow down time, it's time to take it easy. And and what might that look like for a Leo, for example? I know Leos, you know, also have that softer, more reflective, quiet side. I call it the backstage Leo. You know, you guys get a lot of, um, you know, uh, reputation of being, you know, a center of attention hogs and all yeah, that stuff. And that's, that's just not, not true, been, really. But not, That's not been me. <laughs> no, no, I know that. And I, I have plenty of Leo people in my life who I know that's not the case for them either. But I think that the thing to cultivate during this upcoming Mercury retrograde for you, say, with your, your being a Leo, is that backstage part of yourself that can just be kind of doing the creative projects without having to be in front of the camera, so to speak, but be getting things ready and lined up for the next big phase of what you're doing with your, with your career and your work. Mm -hmm. Um, the backstage part is really fun too, right? Mm -hmm. That's the getting ready for the show, but not being mm -hmm. in the show yet. You know? mm -hmm. And so that would be a theme I could see coming up for the Leo specifically. And there's more, uh, with the Sagittarius and, and Aries too. Um, some of that will be in the, uh, the material that, that your audience can access in that ebook. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I just put the link back up for the, the ebook specifically for Great. this crowd. Thank you for doing that, by the way. That's really so cool. welcome. Yeah. I, it was my pleasure. And, and, um, I hope that they'll get, you know, a really good, um, value out of that because it's, for me, I, I'm always trying to find ways to explain astrology, which is very complex, yeah. you know, to people who don't know very much about astrology or don't know all the jargon. You know, I just, what I don't want to do ever is throw a bunch of jargon at people and expect them to keep up. So yeah. I'm always trying to build a bridge there, you know, for mm -hmm. people to understand it better. And uh, I hope that this ebook will do that for you. So. Yay. Yes. Thank you. You're okay. Welcome. So, uh, the retrogrades, um, anything else? Let's see. Um, you know, I think those are the big things for this year. Those are the major, the major events of the year, except for one other thing I could, I could put in there is, are the eclipses. I was and, just going to say that. Yeah. I was just going to ask that, you know, that, yep. as I said earlier, you know, Pluto, um, mm -hmm. scared me for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, the eclipses scared me after 2017. <laughs> right. Remember that big, like it was pretty, I think it was full. I mean, a full yeah. um, solar eclipse in August of 2017 along the east, along the Pacific coast. Right. Right. Do I do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. After that, I mean, my life exploded after it, that. It was in Leo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And then it, just everything, my, my work, yeah. my, the relationships within my work, the, uh, the relationship, my, my personal relationships started to like, ah, uh, and then, and then I was going play moving. I was, I was being pulled all over the place. Mm -hmm. So ever since then, I have been so leery when the yeah. eclipses are coming. I can see why you would feel that way and why you might have like a little bit of eclipse PTSD going on. Yeah, um, it, for it sure. Total yeah. PTSD. I feel yeah. better now, now yeah. that I recognize the, 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 the choice in your perspective, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. Talk well, about this a little bit. Yeah. So I will counteract that and say, in my experience, I've had eclipses in very potent places in my own chart, like right on my sun or right on my moon, and I've had nothing much happen. So it, 
I, my guess for you is that there were other things going on in your chart that were activating a lot of those events. Um, one thing that I always like to say is astrology doesn't make things happen to you. No. It says basically what astrological time is it? You know, what, what are the influences right now? And then we also get to choose how we're going to interact with those energies. Yes. So it's not about like, oh, this was your fate, you know, no. and this happened because the eclipse made it happen to you. That's not at all how I, how I see it. No, um, I agree. Yeah. So, so that can help you to like, let go of any remaining fears of the eclipses. Um, and we never really know, you know, what's, what's going to come up in our lives because of these things. But what we do know and what we do have control of is what are the themes that, um, that are afoot? What are the things we're being asked to learn about within ourselves? And with these eclipses, the ones that are happening this year, uh, there's four of them and they always happen that way in pairs. So first eclipse is March 25th in Libra. So lunar eclipse. Then we have a solar eclipse in uh, Aries on April 8th. We have a, and all these dates are in that ebook, by the way, too. We have a lunar eclipse in Pisces on September 18th. And then we have a solar eclipse in Libra on October 2nd. So those are the four. As you'll hear, they're mostly in Aries Libra, which is the polarity uh, that's currently being activated by the eclipses. And then there's that one that's starting into Pisces. But I want to talk about the Aries and Libra piece because um, when eclipses happen, they usually take about two years to go through a pair of signs. And in this case, Aries Libra, which are opposite signs. Yep. And what are Aries and Libra about? What's, what is that opposition about? Aries is the self and the I am principle. Libra is relationship and the we are principle. And so what we're seeing is that these eclipses are bringing up opportunities for growth uh, in our relationships. And the opportunities are about how can I preserve or the question really is how can I preserve myself within a relationship and how can I learn to cooperate and be part of a relationship without losing myself. But it, it highlights both the shadow and the light of both of those signs. You know, Aries can err toward being a little too selfish at times and needs to learn more about cooperation than being part of a team. Libra can be too codependent and completely collapse into the relationship and forget about um, standing up for themselves or setting boundaries, right? So those themes are really up right now around each of those eclipses. Um, and so we're going to see that in the spring with the March 25th and then April 8th. Uh, eclipses for sure. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's a, it's a topic that like is so close to home for most people, even if you're not in a romantic relationship, this will show up in your friendships. It will show sure. up in your family relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say that like more the people, the people in general, the connection to people in general, um, mm -hmm. as well as, uh, you know, love relationships, intimacy, um, right. and, and, and isn't Aquarius, energy about collective as well is that about it's about yeah. groups of people cultures society at large 
Yep. It's, it's about more the, um, the broader connection with like your tribe, your network, your group of people. It's the less personalized version, you know, of Libra energy in a sense that Libra is the close one-on-one relationship that we have, like our best friends and our close family members and our partner. Um, it's, but yeah, they're both about connection in that way Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. I wonder what that means with this year being, you know, being a a year of change politically, you know, yeah, whether, yeah. you know, what's going to happen with the, the, the voting and, and how that's going to play out. And there, mm-hmm. there's so much. Um, yeah. There's so much. Yes. Um, <laughs> heavy sigh, because I know I'm going to get a lot of questions about that as we get closer to the event. I I don't want to skirt it, but I'll just say, you know, one thing that I've learned is that astrology can't predict what will happen. And, you know, in the past, like with past elections, people try to predict astrologically or otherwise, who's going to win the election and all of that. And mostly got it wrong, you know, especially in the, in the one with Trump and Clinton in 2016, famously, Uh, several astrologers got it wrong because they predicted, you know, and I don't, I I'm against prediction. So I think what I'm saying to people about it is to focus on what can you do in your life to create revolution where it needs to happen and embrace change to shake up your own ways of looking at things, you know, to, to look at, new ideas and consider them. It is a year about opening up uh, to others and not closing down, you know, and there's, of course, we've been talking about that for like seven, eight years now about this idea of being in our bubbles, right? I think that's the big theme. If I were to take anything political and try to bring it into this discussion is that's the big, the big thing to be aware of is our tendency to want to continue in the COVID mode, you know, that we all got going in where we all got very siloed and insular down insular. Yes. And I think this year is saying, Nope, come on, people wake up. We're supposed to be connecting. We're supposed to be exchanging ideas and sharing and not closing down and going off into our corners. Um, that's, that's the big takeaway I would want to, to bring from the astrology for this year. Okay. Well, that was a plethora of information. Thank you. And, and so helpful. I mean, so helpful. Uh, you know, I have seen you for how many years and coming to you, you know, at the, towards the end of the years to kind of get a feeling of, you know, the energies being present, what's lining up in the next year. And here are my plans. When, when should I, when's best opportune to do this? And mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's something I did want to mention for people. And this is um, kind of a sneak preview of a service that I'm going to be offering is I'm going to be doing uh, what are called seasonal tune-ups, which is a year long package of four readings. And the, the benefit of that for people is you can go deeper with your personal chart and check in quarterly rather than waiting a year, you know, to check in. So it's for people like you or someone who's um, a creative or has their own business. It could be especially useful because you are 
really looking at things on a more granular level and able to see, okay, for this quarter, these three months ahead, here are the things I want to do. How can astrology help me to do it? How can I plan in alignment with, uh, you know, avoiding certain Mercury retrograde dates, for example, or timing it for that Jupiter Uranus conjunction, you know, for another example. So um, that's something that I'm, I'm going to be offering. And if people want to find out more about that, they can shoot me an email and I can, I, I can talk that. with them about it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, you guys, this has been so enlightening. Thanks. I always is talking to you, Dina. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's always so fun to be with you. And um, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to your audience. And I will have to do this again. I know you you haven't been doing many live streams, so I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> happy that, that you you chose us to come do this with. I'm and, going to be doing more. So I yeah. now I now that I've done this, it's not as scary. See, this was one of my fears that I needed to break through, right? Yeah. <laughs> With the talking about Pluto. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um now that I've done it, it's not so scary. Yeah, it's it's sweet. It is sweet. So, all right, you guys, thank you all so much for being here. It's been really good to connect with you again. I've missed you since, what, November or whenever I went offline to curl up in my <laughs> den of healing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, and I'm very happy to be out. So, all right, you guys, next week I have, um, we have Karen Gabler joining us. Karen Gabler has been on the show. She, uh, I interviewed her a few months ago, and she's absolutely fantastic. Please join us next Wednesday, 4 p.m. Pacific. And Dina, thank you so much for being... Oh, Dina, tell everybody where they can find you. Yes, best place to find me is dinadecastro.com. Go there. I have a blog. I also have a podcast called Let's Get Real Astrology. And you can find that on any of your podcast apps with Katie Sloan. And it's awesome. Thank you. Just, just saying. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, you guys, have a great rest of your week and we'll talk again soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you again for listening to the Something Super Spiritual Podcast. If you know someone who would enjoy this episode, please do share it with a friend. For show notes, links, and to purchase a mediumship reading, my website is somethingsuperspiritual.com. You can also easily subscribe and follow the show on your favorite app, Sign up for my newsletter for bonus content. And to keep the conversation going, you can easily join the Facebook community. It's all right there at the website, somethingsuperspiritual.com. Signing off for now. Namaste. Namaste.